evening, gorgeous people. I'm Aaron Ryan and welcome to the Big Brother Finale Preview Interview. Tonight, I'm talking to all grand finalists, Taras, Reggie and Johnson. This interview is with Reggie. She won our hearts as the winner of Big Brother Australia in 2003. In 24 hours, she could be crowned the winner all over again. She brings new meaning to the term Aussie battler and brings as many smiles as she does tears. Reggie, thank you for joining me tonight. Oh, thank you, Aaron, for having me. Looking forward to speaking to you. All right. Maybe you won't. Maybe we're going to... I, I, I might end up crying. Who knows what's going to happen here? But, Reggie, <laughs> the trolls out there, um, oh. are, they're not going to dictate uh, this interview tonight, but they can have one question for this interview. So for the probably two idiots out there, are you faking your eyesight issues? And then a follow-up with that, does the fact that some people think that, does that hurt you at all? Oh, my goodness. I want to educate these people. I really do. I just would, you know, what is what do they have in their heads? What is a blind person meant to look like? You know, like are they meant to have big, black glasses, their guide dog, their cane, and sit at home and do nothing. Is that is that what they think? Um, I'm not faking my eyesight. Um, I've got a, I can't even say the bloody word. Uh, it's retinitis pigmentosa. So it's a genetic disease which I got diagnosed with after my last big brother back in, um, oh, it was after big brother. So I would have got diagnosed in 2004, I think it was. So. Mm. Yeah, it's not it's not fake. And um, to say, why would someone want to fake being blind is is beyond me. So um, I'm hanging on to my nine degrees of pinhole vision that I've got. And yes, yes. So when they did diagnose me, they said I would be blind uh, within 15 years, totally blind, all gone. Um, and that's now been 19, 19 years. So. Mm. I'm just, yeah, hanging on to what I've got left. So to the trolls, no, I'm not faking it. And look up retinitis pigmentosa and get out of your heads what what um, you have in your heads. What a blind, low person, low vision, yeah, I, I just don't get it. Do they troll Paralympians who, who are blind and go out and play sport? Like I just, That's what I don't understand. I don't get it. They probably do. So just so we <laughs> just so we do know, what what exactly can you see right now, like in terms of your vision at the moment? Yeah, so because I don't have peripheral, I, don't, I can't see beside, above, below, and I have no night vision. And and I always say to, to how to explain it, it's like looking through a straw. So it's just like pinhole pinhole vision. Mm. Um, and also, again, I, I say, like, I could see a pen across the other side of the room, but I will trip over 100 elephants to get to that pen. I don't see, I don't see anything in front of me, close up in front of me. Yeah. All right. Totally different direction. Tell me about baby girl Reg Regina growing up. What, what did the, fa the family dynamic look like and what kind of upbringing did you have? Oh, wow. Growing up, well, I grew up in a pretty rough area, um, housing commission area uh, down in Tassie. So, yeah, um, Rokeby. And 
my dad was a merchant seaman, so he was always away for months on end at sea. Um, my mum's a paranoid schizophrenic, so she was in and out of the mental hospitals. And, yes, yeah, so it, was, it was a tough life uh, growing up, um, very hard. And it's, it was always a battle, yeah. So, but it made, it's made me a strong person growing up that way. So when you got to your teenage years and stuff, what, what were your hopes and dreams? I mean, what did you want to do in terms of maybe starting a career or traveling? Yeah, I, I always wanted to travel, always wanted to travel. Um, but my dream was uh, to be a chef. I always wanted to be a chef because I love cooking. And back in those days, you had to have level two maths and I failed maths at school. So no one would put, take me on for an apprenticeship. And then my next goal was to become an air hostess, but I was too short. Then, (laughs) so I ended up waitressing, I waitressed, and then I ended up um, meeting this guy and ended up working down at the Cambridge kitchen with my first boyfriend. And I stayed in that place for 12 years. Wow. Yeah. How how, how old were you when you met your first husband and, and what age did you get married? Uh, I was 21 when I got married. Oh, young. Yeah, my first marriage, so um, quite young. We were together for 12 years, me and Adrian. So, um, yeah, 21. It's just so young. <laughs> Hard to, to get, when I look back on it, but, yeah, I was, I was so in love and just wanted to, yeah, be married and run this business with my husband. Mm. So you were married, um, you had the fish and chip shop in Tassie, um, setting up your life. You won Big Brother. Um, you had the opportunity for financial st- stability and a marriage. Um, when you won Big Brother and, and got back home, did did you think at that point, like straight after you won Big Brother, that that was the start of a magical life moving forward? Gosh, after the, um, you know, what changed, like... Coming back home, like, it was crazy. Um, it was really crazy because back then, you know, Big Brother was phenomenal and mm. I couldn't even walk down the street. So I had to have two security guards with me um, for quite, oh, for about three weeks. Um, wow. You know, yeah, yeah, I couldn't go anywhere without being mobbed. And and one of the security guards, it was funny, he used to work for Jennifer Lopez and he said he's never seen anything like this. Like he said it was insane. Um, so I went back to the shop and busloads, tourists would come in, big busloads of tourists, and they just come in and just stand there and stare at me. And I'm like, oh, I feel like a, I feel like I was in a zoo, like this little animal in the zoo, and everyone's just watching me. And I'm I'm like, I can't do this. I just can't do it. And then, you know, mine and Adrian's marriage broke down, and yes, and I'm just, I guess, I, I guess yeah. I'm just wondering though, that um, I know obviously what happened after that, but was when you got out of Big Brother, you were married, you had a business. Is it that point though, before all of that happened that you thought like, this is my life. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be magical. I've won this money and it's, everything's going to be great. I mean, obviously you didn't know what was going to happen, but were you excited yeah. at, at that point about what, what was happening? Oh, d- yes, yes. Yeah. I thought, oh, yeah. I thought, oh, this is going to change everything. Yeah, it's going to change my life. It's going to give me, you know, 
great opportunities um but unfortunately none of that happened <laughs> so <laughs> um and i put i put a lot of that down to the to the management you know like we we had to sign a contract and was um with harry and miller a two and a half year contract and yeah not not much happened after after that it was it was weird because i was so loved i was the most talked about person in australia everyone loved me but nothing happened Hmm. Well, for those that, you know, are not aware, um, I guess it's fair to say life came crashing down after that. Reggie's husband was unfaithful and most of the money was gone on, on a range of things, including Reggie's ex-husband's debt. Some, some money was scammed and there were some misfortunes. So single broke down and out. How, how dark, <laughs> how dark was that for you during that time? I mean, it's obvious that it would be yeah. horrible, but you know, how dark was it really? Yeah, yeah, it was lonely. It was very lonely. Like, like I said, like I was, everyone loved me, but I was so lonely. It was crazy. So, you know, like I did, I paid off the house and I left that to Adrian and uh, moved to Sydney and got scammed. Like this guy made out he was a TV producer and he, he scammed me out of 40 grand. And and then trying to, to get a job was hard because no one would take me seriously as well. So two years of trying to get a job, living on rent, paying rent. And so that's where all the money went, um, you know, and it was, it was tough. And, yeah, and I was like, wow, I'm, I'm really, really sad deep inside. I was, I was sad. Well, you're in a new relationship and you married Dale, the father of your um, two beautiful children, were you thinking at that time, like at that exact moment when you got married, this is now, you know, I guess 3.0 and it's a fresh start and and maybe, you know, take two in finding happiness? Yeah, yeah. I never thought I'd get married again, but um, I did and had beautiful Mia and Lucas. And, and during that time um, of the marriage as well, was was a time when I had to hand my driver's license in. That's that that's when you know my eyes start started getting worse. I had to hand my license in. Lucas's illness, uh, yeah, being diagnosed with cystic fibrosis, really broke me. And um, and that's when I went into a real dark place. So for two years, I went into a bad depression, um, and that and that marriage broke down. So wasn't all happy endings there either <laughs> so well something yeah. something positive yeah i mean you had your first child mia um i've seen a few pictures of her she seems very beautiful tell me about um yeah. mia when you know when she was born and, and how she is now just the type of type of person she is oh she's full of fire that one she <laughs> from the moment she was inside my belly she would kick the shit out of me and <laughs> and uh, yeah and she hasn't changed. <laughs> she's um, she's a she's she's ah oh, she's beautiful, beautiful girl. Um, gorgeous looking, and you know, as as she's getting older into a teenager, she's fifteen now, so starting to not be a rebel, but you know, going through those hormonal changes. I guess I mean, I remember when I was fourteen, I hated it. So, and I can see the same thing happening with Mia. Um, but no, she's um she's just started work. She's got a job at Harbour Town at the Sanchuro place, so that's really good. Um, she's starting to earn her own money now, so she's gonna 
understand what the value of that is. Like <laughs> 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 instead of going, Mom, can you put twenty bucks in in my bank? You know, so she's it's good that she's got out and she's doing this. Well, then came Lucas. Um, you know, aside from his condition, can you can you tell me about this um, beautiful young man? Like his his personality and what he's like. Yeah, Lucas is a little. Oh, he's a beautiful little fellow. He um, he's more placid than Mia. Like he hasn't got that fire, you know, like <laughs> what she has. Yeah, he's he's more placid and. You know, he just loves hanging out with his mates and he's obsessed with basketball. So that that's his passion. He, he wants to make it into the NBA, even though he's a, he's tiny, but that's his passion. And um, they're chalk and cheese, really, those two. Yeah. He, he, I mean, Lucas does have cystic fibrosis. Um, can you tell me about that in terms of what that looks like on a daily basis, what support he needs and, and the prognosis moving forward? Yeah. Uh, cystic fibrosis is yeah, like it, it's a lung disease, but it's it affects their whole digestive system. Um, you know, his pancreas doesn't work, his liver levels, you know, they're not good, and the mucus, like so, it's thick, sticky mucus that sticks in their lungs because, um, and he has to have physiotherapy every day to try and move that mucus out of the lungs and. You know, he does nebulizers. He does his PEP where he blows into the PEP. Um, medication, he's on, yeah, lots of medication to keep him alive. So, yeah, it's a really horrible disease. It's awful. It's just awful. So, and and this last, gosh, four weeks has been a battle, like, because um, he got this horrid flu that's going around mm. and he lost a lot of weight. He went downhill wouldn't eat and they're on the verge of putting him into hospital for an admission so when we do go into hospital though they put a pick line into his arm which goes up into his heart and they pump lots of strong antibiotics into them and that's normally a two to three week stay um when we go in there so well it's just yeah it's been a, a touch and go these last four weeks but i've managed to um he's managed to get some weight back on him and his lung function is starting to go back up um, mm. to what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a battle. It's, and it's mentally draining as well because, you know, they don't have a long life expectancy and you see a lot of young ones dying of this, of this disease and um, hope there will be a cure for, for CF one day. Yeah. It's just, I would give anything for him not to have it. Like, my, my next question for you, and, and I, I'm actually really nervous asking this question, but I think it's important and I, you know, I don't want to bring things really down, but um, there are a number of families out there doing it real hard um, and, and I'm sure they'd like to know the answer to this. Um, like you're a beautiful single mum, you have your own diagnosis that could lead you to be, you know, being fully blind whilst having a child with a condition that can be fatal. Um, and then you've got a beautiful daughter that's on the side watching all of this. How do you, um, like, how do you push on knowing such a, such a grim outcome? I mean, obviously you, you're present mm -hmm. for your kids, but it's, that's a massive weight that that's, that's holding you down, Reg. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's always, 
it's always like it's sitting there on your shoulder. It's never going to go away um, on the back of, back of your mind all the time. Like, especially, like, that's why I make the most of every day. I make the most of every day. I look at, you know, like now, the, the blue skies there, you know, you just don't take for granted of, of what you can see around you and, you know, don't take for granted that you can jump in the car and get stuck in get stuck in traffic you know like I'd give anything to be stuck in traffic driving um <laughs> yeah it sounds crazy but you know just um and Lucas's health oh gosh yeah you, you see so you see so many yeah like I said before young ones that that, that pass away from this disease but we do the best that we can to keep him um, strong and healthy, and um, and and with the way that he's going with his basketball, and he's about to start a new drug called Trikafta, which which got approved finally this year um, by the Australian government, and that's going to change things up again. Like this drug's going to really help him, and I can hopefully see him having a longer future touch wood yeah yeah but yeah but i just gotta go i, I just gotta keep keeping on it's all i can do is there um oh is there plenty of um support for you in in, in terms of you know your family and friends circle uh all my uh, sorry my family they're all down in tassie oh. um yeah they're down there my sister uh she helped out she came up and looked after the kids mm help looked after the kids when I was in the um, house, which was awesome. And um, friends, I've got lovely friends around me. Like they'll ring up and go, Reg, do, do you need anything? Um, come over, come for a beer, you know. I've got, I've got good friends around me. Yeah. But. All right. So Big Brother 2022, $250,000. Um, I can imagine... Um, that is more than just being a financial blessing for you in terms of, of bills. I imagine it will bring some mm. and hope and joy in, into your lives and, and, you know, in the kids. Oh, gosh, look, if this happens, you know, it would help, it'd help get um, a roof over our heads. That's, that's, I just want to stable some stability in our lives. You know, I've been renting now for so long and, you know, so many people know how hard it is out there. Like they've just sold this unit that I'm in now. And it's just that you're know, having that horrible sick feeling. You just don't know what's going to happen next. And and to have a home for the kids would be um, awesome. And it also helped pay for Lucas's um, medical uh, medicine that he needs. Well, oh, have I just lost oh. Sorry, I thought I lost you then. No, <laughs> no, you're still here. Well, <laughs> Reggie, you are brave. You're inspiration. You're courageous. And I and I often thought when I've had my own issues that if um, Reggie can do it, um, I can do it. Um, especially not having you know all that extra obstacles that you have. So thank you for being you. Good luck in the finale, and um, thank oh. you, for, thank you for joining me tonight. Oh, thank you so much for having me, and um. Yeah, I'm super proud of, of what I achieved in the Big Brother house. I'm really proud of myself. And after doing what I did in those challenges, I can do anything.
and so can you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That, was, that was Reggie, grand finalist of Big Brother 2022 and an inspiring woman. That's it for tonight. Thank you for listening. I'm Aaron Ryan. Check out the other two podcasts with Taras and Johnson in on Acast. Enjoy the finale. Good night. <laughs>